Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast by Ugly Ventures. I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, and the co-founder at Ugly Ventures, a place where entrepreneurs like you can find the tools and capital to grow your business. I'm so excited you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Marketing for Startups podcast. Today, we're talking about the number one thing you can do to make selling easier. And I've been going through a series for the past couple episodes talking about the go-to-market strategy and how important that is for your business, whether you are launching a new product or you've been in business for a while and just simply haven't gained the traction that you wish you had. So going through building uh, and executing a detailed go-to-market strategy is incredibly helpful for laying the foundation for all of the sales and marketing that you do in your business, which will in turn get you better results. But today I'm going to go through the number one thing that you can do, one um, uh, preparation um, exercise that you can go into that's going to make selling so much easier in your business. And that is doing market research. I am sure I'm becoming a little bit annoying talking about interviewing prospective clients and creating a ideal client avatar or a um, or an ideal persona. This is what we talked about last week was creating a buyer persona. But I wanted to dig a little bit more into the tactical things that you can do to execute your market research. So I think it's really easy for me to just give the instruction of go ahead and find some people to talk to and do some market research, but I thought it would be helpful to get a little bit more granular on exactly how you would execute it um, and give you some ideas and maybe some inspiration to go ahead and go through the process. But before I get into that, I just want to make a blanket statement. And I'm not sure if you'll agree with me or not, but Sales in general, sales is really hard. Sales stinks. You know, as I think a lot of us really enjoy the creation process as entrepreneurs, the creative process, and there's so much fulfillment and joy we get out of just doing the thing that we do for our business. But again, if you don't make sales, you don't have a business. And especially for women, I think it's really hard for us to get over the barrier of going in for the ask. And I believe a lot of times this is due to the fact that we have not developed strong enough messages that are going to pique the interest and connect with our prospects. And this is a process, absolutely a process. And I want to share a little bit about my own journey because this, this started for me about three years ago. And I've been gathering intel on my target client for years. And I've been able to see an increase in my success and my revenue, although, of course, slow, a slow process, especially after last year. But I've been able to see the success because I've been able to hone in more deeply on the needs of the client. And the market research that the way that I've been performing market research, and if you if you know me at all, if you're a personal friend or if you've followed me at all, um, I've been a community leader uh, here in Miami in South Florida for years across different communities. I used to be the chapter lead for Fem City, 
which is a network of female entrepreneurs and just women in business. And I led that for a year and a half. And most recently, I'm chapter lead SoGal chapter, uh, SoGal South Florida chapter, um, community leader here uh, with my co-lead, Linda Andrews of Lila Life. And together we rally together founders and also funders and investors in this part of the country to help nurture and grow the entrepreneurial ecosystem here. So it's a world that I've been in for a while, but the motivation behind joining these communities and leading these communities actually was very selfish, 100% market research, 100%. What I found in the, in the process is just a deeper, deeper desire and passion to help female entrepreneurs. And that's really changed the trajectory of my consulting work that I do. And it's always a process, but I've been able to really learn a lot from having these conversations with the community. And so that's really the first step that we're going to go into with the market research is really how to find the people that you're going to be interviewing and performing this, this market research on. And by no means am I suggesting that it will take years for you to do your market research, although you kind of always need to be going through this process because listening to your customers and listening to your community um, is social listening is incredibly important for you know developing new products and pivoting your messaging and understanding what content resonates but if you're at the pre-launch stage I'm going to sort of talk a little bit on this so obviously we go through market research because it's the best way to determine your product market fit right and you're going to want to have a clear understanding of your product market fit before you launch your product. That's the best case scenario, right? Because there's nothing worse than just pouring your heart and soul into building a product or service over many months or even many years, and then no one buys it, right? Um, knowing who our customers are, who our potential customer customers are, is just going to save us such large amounts of pain and frustration um, and it all it really takes is doing this work in the front end so how do you find people to interview I think community is a really good place to start and there's a lot of ways in which you can find community you can find it physically out there although in, now with COVID it's not so easy to go do networking like we used to and I'm not sure if that's ever going to come back like it used to at least in the next couple of years which is pretty sad and, and a hard thing to think about. But there are a lot of other areas, uh, a lot of social platforms where you could find your potential clients. And the really important thing to, to remember here is not to sell. You're just gathering information. So what do I mean by this? Facebook has millions of groups, special interest groups across so many different niches there's without a doubt a way that you're going to be able to find your potential customers uh, with your key kind of psychographic demographic um, properties inside a group on facebook or you can even look at linkedin twitter also has uh, different groups as well as um, pinterest has groups as well um, there's a lot of different ways where you can find groups and what you need to do is find the groups that you feel will be relevant to you and your business and just get inside the group and start getting a feel for 
the, you know, is this an active group? How does the conversation flow? And once you sort of start building some genuine connections, you can start asking questions, posing questions to the group, not in a salesy way, because a lot of these groups have some caveats that you can't sell or do self-promotion. So definitely be aware of what the guidelines are for the group when you join it. But there are tons of opportunities for answering these open-ended questions. So I had said um, in a previous episode, like a really good strategy is sending out surveys, right? But maybe you don't have a list of people to sell them to, or maybe the people that are in your circle are not your potential clients, right? So these groups are a great way to utilize um, social media to sort of push through these survey questions as a post, you don't have to post all the survey questions at one time. I would suggest, you know, doing one a day for a couple weeks and trying to get a conversation going around certain topics. But you're going to want to screen the groups first to actually see if if they're active or not. Because there's so many groups out there that people just let sort of die. So that would be the first uh, strategy is going into groups in Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and being social, being genuine, not doing hardcore self-promotion, but just leading with genuine curiosity and getting feedback that way. The next strategy is going through, you know, if you've determined a, pr- a prospect list, you know, as you're building your business, you know, for me, I have a list, an ongoing list of over a hundred female entrepreneurs that I follow on LinkedIn and I message and I build relationships with founders and funders. And this is something that I've done for many years. And if you have a similar list of what, who your prospects are, who would be, you know, who you're trying to target. So say you're trying to sell to hotels, say that's your target B2B, right? That's your target Um, client is selling to hotels if you have a list of you know 100 200 3 500 hotels that you're going to attack over the next year or whatever after your product launches before the product launches there's incredible value in just trying to get some of those key decision makers on the phone for a virtual interview Um, I did this many years ago Uh, when I was really focused on servicing actually hotels because I spent many years of my career working in hospitality. So when I first started my consulting company, I I really believed that I was going to be wholly singularly focused on hotels. So I kind of reached out to any person that I knew on LinkedIn and some of my previous contacts and that I've had from that life. And I just asked them if they would have a chat with me and some people didn't respond, but I got, you know, 10, 15, 20 people to actually say yes to having a chat with me. And over, you know, a month or two, I would get them on the phone and then I would always send a thank you Starbucks gift card. I didn't even have to go leading in with that because I was, I had warmed them up enough um, to be able to kind of ask without having to put that carrot in front of their face initially. But that's also another option is is just incentivizing people saying listen I would love to buy you a virtual coffee or give you a $25 Amazon gift card depending how much money a budget you'd like to allocate to gathering this information and I would I would I would say that this is really valuable way to spend your money probably the most valuable way you can spend your money before you start creating any marketing branding or sales 
um, for your business. Uh, and, you know, invest in this process because it's going to pay back tenfold, fifteenfold, right? It just will. So if you don't have money to spend, I would say spend your time like I have inside these communities so you can learn about the problems that your core, uh, your buyer persona, your ideal client avatar would have, your ideal client would have. Um, the next is really doing referrals. So if you don't have anyone in your immediate circle that you can lean on that, that could help you with this market research, I would send out a blast email to your immediate circle asking if they know anyone that could help you in the project, right? That's another way of just widening the scope um, to try to get in touch with that, that, that core, you know, that core client you're trying to reach, right? Um, and then again, referrals and also leveraging third-party networks. So you can do this with people that you know or other networks that you know. So maybe you're a part of some networks like, I don't know, maybe like a Toastmasters or there's other, there's a lot of other similar kind of networking groups. Um, and a lot of these, you know, have moved online. But joining these kind of networks that maybe don't have like a direct correlation with what you're doing, but there's a lot of people inside the networks with varying businesses or varying verticals that they're in, involved in is another way that you can gain referrals um, to just interview, right? You could interview one-on-one. -on -one, you can get people into a group, like a little event. I've been in, uh, I've been in marketing, market research events where, you know, it's kind of like a party and you get wine and you have everyone sit around with cheese and crackers and talk about products and stuff. Or I've been on one-on-one -on -one interviews. I've been in, you know, Zoom group calls. So, you know, depending on obviously where you are in the country and to, to what degree you can get together with people physically, but this can easily be translated into uh, a virtual event with a group of people if, if you think that that would be, you know, if your product kind of lends, yourself, lends itself to doing that. So here's a bunch, so these are kind of a bunch of ideas of how you can find people to interview. Um, and so the next process is really how do you get people to actually say yes to talk to you? So I think you'd be surprised that people will be like more willing to give you their feedback, especially if it's not, um, you know, if it's a stranger getting someone on a call for half an hour, maybe it's not so easy. That's where I would say getting that incentive going is going to be helpful. But a lot of people that come up as referrals or in your personal network or people you can reach out through LinkedIn to build a relationship with really are, are really gracious and, and would be happy to spend like 15, 20 minutes on the phone with you to answer some questions or to just reply to a post or to do a quick survey. Um, people are genuinely, I think, generally pretty happy to help. Um, but again, if you're having a hard time getting, you know, people on the phone or people to answer surveys, then I would go to the next strategy, which is Number one, yes, incentives. There's all different kinds of incentives that you can um, that you can pull up, right? You can do you can uh, offer your product if your product is done. You can offer them to be kind of a beta tester, and then you can continue getting feedback from them as they try and test your product. That's a great idea. I love Starbucks gift cards because I think everyone's always happy to receive it. You can give five bucks, buy them a coffee, and 
you know, everyone's happy as a clam and it's not that big of an investment. I've seen people do Amazon gift cards. I've seen people do giveaways of bigger things like things worth $100 or whatever. Like if they finish that survey or get on that call with you, they're entered to win X, Y, and Z. That's a really good strategy as well. Um, And I see people doing this just yesterday. If you listen to the School of Greatness podcast, which I absolutely adore, um, they have this mini advertisement at the end where they're giving away $25 gift card or $100 gift card a week to people just for answering a survey because, you know, they're smart. They're doing this process as well. And even though the School of Greatness podcast is on to episode, you know, 5,000 and been doing this for so long, you know, Lewis Howells, I think is his name, understands the importance of getting that feedback because he wants to create content and build his business around what people want. And the easiest way to figure out what they want is by asking them. So incentives are really great. The, the number two tip is not to be salesy. Be incredibly gracious because you should absolutely be respecting people's time. Of course, time is very precious. Um, but again, people are genu- generally very happy to help. Um, but be gracious. Do not make this a sales call. It is an informational call. It is a friendly call. You try to add as much value as you can to the person that you're talking to. Um, any you know way that you can be reciprocal is really encouraged. The next thing that is really important to um, think about is making it very easy to organize. So I would suggest using like a a program like Calendly or one of these scheduling tools where you can just kind of send a link. They can pick the time that works best for you. They click and book it themselves and then they get all the automated reminders and all that stuff. Make it really, really easy. The last thing that you want to happen is to be going back and forth scheduling something with, you know, for this informational session and and being a pain in the butt because people are going to kind of go into the process feeling a little bit annoyed. So get yourself a scheduling tool, make it easy as pie to schedule these informational calls. And the fourth is set a target number. So I suggest setting a target between 50 and 100 people to talk to. They don't have to be actual uh, interviews. This could be just you know, getting into a conversation on a social media post or getting surveys done, but I would have a target um, because you may feel like really happy about yourself after having like one or two conversations, but the real juice, the real, um, I guess, like good information comes from the quantity of data that you have because everyone's situation is very specific, right? There's a lot of... Um, you know, in, in any kind of vertical, in any industry, with any business, everyone has their own specific issues. And what you want to do is start identifying patterns. And the easiest way to do that is having more data to go off of. So that's my suggestions for how to get people to talk to you. So the last thing I wanted to go over is once you get them to talk to you, what are some of the questions that you're going to want to ask them? What would be really helpful if you're trying to get into the mind, the psychology of this buyer this potential client that's really going to help you craft your sales and marketing messages and build your brand around the needs of the of the client so obviously it's it's going to be extremely helpful to ask you know what is the title and the role that they have in their business if you're doing b2b it's also helpful to know that 
just for psychographic purposes, you know, what level of um, professional or, or if they're not professionals is what they do for a living. But especially if you're doing B2B, I find it, I find with some clients and I've experienced this myself in doing sales, you know, when you're doing prospecting, you want to be, it's easy to sort of search for title and it will be really helpful if you can narrow down like exactly what title you're trying to um, pitch to. So asking that on the front end in this market research is really important um, understanding. And titles are very different across different verticals. But if you can get a general idea of the two or three titles that your target client holds is really, um, really helpful. Um, you want to know, you know, what company they work for, the size of their company. So basic information you can get about their company is also helpful. The number three thing, and I'm going to have this list in the show notes. You can just kind of copy and paste it if you want to. Um, if you go to uglyventures.com backslash podcast, you can find this episode, which is episode number 27. Um, but the third thing that I, and probably the most important is, well, the second most important is understanding what are some of the goals that the, the potential client has. So if we're doing B2B sales, this would mean, you know, what are their, uh, you know, their quarterly goals or their yearly goals that have been set out by the CEO or the company. If you're talking directly to the founder, they should probably have a mouthful to share on, you know, what are their goals for the company. But if you're doing more like a lifestyle product or B2C, talk to this prospect about what are their personal goals? What are their lifestyle goals? Talk about health, talk about finances, talk about um, money, you know, I said finances, money, you know, but you get the idea. It's, it's about really getting into the psychology of, of this person. You know, what is it that they desire, right? Um, this is going to be really super important when we craft the sales and marketing messaging. The next thing is what are the challenges that they have? So we know what their goals are, but what's stopping them from getting there? And this is really the juicy part. Um, because I think, and I've been so bad at this for many years, I think I'm, I'm definitely still working this out and you could see, you know, I'm working this out every time I put a podcast into the world, trying to figure out what, what content I can create that's going to be the most helpful. Right. Um, and I even, I've had these conversations I understand what the challenges are, but it's about the wording of it, right? That's where the real like art comes in. So you can hear someone's pain point and challenge, but then you have to translate that into a headline for a blog post or a headline for a podcast episode um, and translate that into the exact phrases and stuff that's going to um, connect that buyer, right? Connect the problem and the solution um, that your product offers. Uh, and so that's why I say using direct quotes is really great, but sometimes that doesn't make sense for a headline, for example. But understanding the challenges of your target uh, client there is so powerful. And I was, before I went on that rant, I was saying, you know, before I went into the community, uh, doing this research in the community that I've been doing for all this time, you kind of live in a bubble thinking that you know what the challenges are of the target client, but not until you actually talk to them. A lot of times there's there's a lot of really surprising things that come up, things that you don't think about, especially if that target client doesn't live in your entrepreneurial world and your entrepreneurial startup bubble. 
Um, so goals and challenges, really, really important. Um, the next thing I would love for you to ask or the things that I love asking in this process is asking the prospect, how do they learn? How do they search? So, you know, do they use Pinterest? Do they do Google searches? Do they, um, do they search on social media? How do they learn? Are they, do they learn through books? Do they read magazines? Do they read blog posts? If so, what blog posts do they read to solve their problems or to help them achieve their goals? What personalities do they follow? Um, so important, so important for gaining inspiration, ideas on content, but also understanding how to advertise, right? How to leverage audiences that exist with other product services, personalities, and bring those, those people to look at your brand. So asking that question is really important. Um, the next question, this is number six. So we've, I've gone through six questions now. This is the sixth one. Um, I haven't been telling you the number of them, but again, you can cut, copy and paste them from the, the show notes. Uh, is understanding their personal background. I really like to go, this is sort of the demographic thing right? It's like, did you go to college? Do, do you have kids? Are you married, unmarried? These sort of basic things are, are helpful. Um, and again, the more, the more that you have, the patterns that you'll get to see, it is helpful. Um, so understanding a little bit of that also will help you glean more insights around the goals and the challenges that they have. And then shopping preferences. How do they shop, right? This is so important. If they're what is the process? If it's B2B, what's the process for bringing on a new product or service in the business? Um, important, you know, if, if there's certain approvals that need to be done, like what is the process that goes through bringing on a new product or service in the B2B is going to be quite different than how an individual makes a purchasing decision. But does your product, is your product something that even on a B2C side that usually people need to talk about with a spouse or something? Is it is the cost so high that there's a deliberation process or is it a less expensive item that, you know, sometimes it could be a, an impulse buy, something like that. You know, buying like a, a Caribbean cruise is going to be a different buying process for the, for the prospect or the client than, you know, a shirt at TJ Maxx, for example. So really good to get behind the psychology of the shopping preferences. And then the last... And this sort of is tied to the goals and challenges, but the last question you want to dig into, and this is a little bit vague, so you can kind of find your way to it with, with the client or with the prospect, is asking what is their why, right? So if you're doing something B2C and you're, un, and you're trying to understand the goals and challenges of this prospect, this prospective client, it is a really interesting process to sort of uncover what's the deeper why. Why do they have the goal, right? And you can kind of start there. It's like, oh, if you want to lose weight, why? Why do you want to lose weight? Is it just because you want to look good or do you want to have more energy for your kids? If you're doing B2B, you know, if the why, if the goal is like, you know, I want to save this amount of money or I want to grow this amount, you know, why is there a deeper mission of the company that they're, that, you know, they're trying to reach certain goals so they could help this charity or help this population. Understanding the deeper why is a question that should also be asked. Um, so that's all that I got for today. That one's 
probably going to end up being a little bit of a longer episode, but I hope that you gained some value out of this because I was seeing that I was being very intense about people doing market research. I believe in it so much. It's something that I do all day, every day. I've been, (laughs) I've started several businesses on my own. I've had several false starts to businesses where I've started with this research process and then realized that I didn't want to put the time, energy, and effort into launching that product. It wasn't really for me. So I've saved quite a lot of time going through this process. I see the value in it. And I hope that you all do as well. If you have any other questions on this or any insights to share, I really encourage you to please contact me because I love uh, getting more ideas and uh, or hearing that maybe my ideas stink and that you have better ideas. So please let me know. I'm open to all comments, suggestions, questions. Hope you're having a wonderful Thursday and I will see you back here That's next week. That's it for week. this week. Thank you for listening to the Marketing for Startups podcast and for sticking around till the end. It would mean so much to me if you could like and subscribe to this podcast. It's a great way of telling the world that this podcast has content worth listening to. And remember, you could always reach me at LinkedIn at Victoria Hager or at UglyVentures.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week.